Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode one, season three. Season three, episode one of The X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. This is your host, Jamil Hassan, where I bring you global news, insights, analysis from all over the world of crypto and blockchain. And I am excited today because we're kicking off season three. Now, for those who haven't listened to me yet, you know. That this is my 41st episode total, but the first season, which is which was the first 20 episodes, was all about getting our feet wet in the world of crypto and blockchain globally. For those who didn't know what's going on in the world, to know what's going on and to get, you know, the feet wet. Season two, we did a little bit of uh, SEC bashing and trashing. That wasn't all about the funness of bashing and trashing the SEC, although it was delightfully fun. That was more about how to establish really conviction and resilience in this crypto space, which could be applied to any other space. Fight for what you believe. And my message was consistent with my audience was fight against the people who were trying to kill crypto because there's no reason to kill it. The world is out there. It's exciting. It's dynamic. It's incredible. And there's opportunities that should be available to everybody. So that was season two. Now, season three is a little different. Season three is all about the theme for season three will be ready for it. Ready? A crisis of conflict. Now, what does that mean? Well, there's been a lot of businesses shuttering recently and We'll get into those some of those today. Uh, there's been people, entrepreneurs who have been shut out and you know who have to rethink what to do. There is a saying in any addiction program that in order to really recover and start doing work, you need to hit rock bottom. Like just ask an addict or an alcoholic, you know. What made you do the steps? What made you go to what made you go to the program? What made you do all that stuff? And it was I hit rock bottom, you know? And based on the rumors of choke point 2.0, which was we don't know if it's a made-up thing or not, from the you know, political administrations in the US, who apparently from the outside seem really hostile toward crypto. We are, many of us are at this crisis of conflict moment. What does that mean? Well, how do we examine how we've been beaten down, but then move forward and build powerfully, even in the face of that beatdown? So there's a lot of conflict going on. There's a lot of movement going on. And uh, not everything is how it seems. But there are things that are how it seems. And this, and this season, season three, we're going to dive deeply into the crisis of conflict and investigate opportunities that there are out there because people are saying the metaverse is dead and the NFTs are dead and all this stuff in crypto is dead. And it's not. Just look beyond the veil and see that institutions are buying now because the prices are low. There's little hints and subtleties going that go into this that. We're going to investigate during this program, during this next 20 weeks, during season three. And we're going to do that by looking at 
the global news and the U.S. news and the South Korean, South American news and Europe and Asia, including South Korea and Middle East and all that. And we're going to kick it off today right now because. And we're going to talk about one of the people's least favorite entities in the world. The World Economic Forum. A lot of bad rumors come out of that organization, but good ones, too. And I've had some amazing interviews with some people where we talked about the World Economic Forum and their goals and missions and all that stuff. And and if you check out my books, you'll see um, some delightful conversations. And my books are all available on Amazon. There's 149 of them as today. There's going to be more by the end of the season three. The World Economic Forum publishes crypto asset regulation recommendations for government and industry. The World Economic Forum analyzed regulatory approaches to urge cooperation between international organizations, regulators, and the crypto industry. The WEF has released a white paper on crypto asset regulation, assisted by its Digital Currency Governance Consortium. The need for regulation is urgent and cooperation is key, the paper found. Global coordination is necessary for crypto asset regulation to prevent ambiguity, regulatory arbitration, and inconsistent enforcement, the paper argued. The authors identified a range of challenges to crypto asset regulation, including the presumption of same activity, same regulation, claiming crypto assets and their ecosystem do not always fit squarely into the existing activity-based intermediary-focused approach of regulation, even where crypto asset activities mirror those of the traditional financial sector. The anonymity provided by crypto mixers, self-hosted wallets, and DeFi and decentralized exchanges also complicate regulations. Meanwhile, increasing interconnectedness with traditional finance increases potential contagion risks from the crypto industry, which was Recently, full of turmoil. Now, let me know your thoughts. What are the benefits of crypto? What are the benefits of crypto regulation? What could be achievable and possible in the future if we had that? Thank you for the paper, World Economic Forum. Keep doing what you're doing. Okay, now, we're going to tell you. Oh, I didn't tell you, by the way, today's today's show Today's show is a slobber docker. Yeah. Jim Ross used to say that in the WWE. He was we moved on to AEW. He was an announcer. He said, we're not in store. Slobber docker. Well, today we have a slobber docker for you because we have a lot of news. Probably the biggest show of my career so far doing this. A whole bunch of chock full of nuts. Several central banks and the BIS continue examination of ongoing policy issues for a retail CBDC. The Bank for International Settlements has published the fifth paper by the group. And they highlight this retail CBDC concept. Okay, so the Bank for International Settlements, BIS. We're going to take a BIS. No. Be at Bank for International Settlements and a group of central banks have published a paper detailing their ongoing policy perspectives on a retail central bank digital currency, an R CBDC, as opposed to an, uh, I don't know, an I CBDC or an X CBDC or um, whatever. 
The new publication is the fifth from the same authors, though central banks of Canada, the EU, Japan, Sweden, Switzerland, England, and the USA teamed up with BIS to produce a short document in 2020 that established common principles and key features they found desirable in an RCBDC. That was followed a year later by three reports on more narrow questions. Okay, The latest paper mainly continued the discussion of policy elements that were previously examined. The first is stakeholder engagement, which it concluded will depend on several mechanisms. Engagement with legislators will be essential since the outstanding legal issues related to CBDC will largely be a matter of national law. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you think. What do you think of BIS, of uh, their the retail CBDC potential? How's that going to differ from an institutional CBDC potential? And is it going to replace the dollar? Okay, here's a big deal. Okay, back in 2018, during crypto winter, in J- July and August, quite a few ERC-20 tokens dried up. Liquidity, poof. Let me do that again. Poof. One more time. Poof. Gone. So uh, I remember staying up late one night and, you know, when all the liquidity was gone on my one of my apps, my BRD wallet, which no longer exists, going through the middle of the night and trying to salvage what I could. Because when crypto liquidity goes to zero for a token, the token price goes to zero and it's dead. Uh, I lost a few that night. I had like about 80 that night. Uh, lost a few, but hey, you need Ethereum. My bottom line is this, you need Ethereum to trade. The Ethereum exchange balance has dropped to a five-year low. Back in 2018, same thing. If you haven't lived through that, you're going to live through it now. Okay? So, this is a conflict. The balance of available Ethereum across crypto exchanges dropped to a five-year low uh, today, this morning, early bringing the total amount of Ether held on exchanges to just 17.86 million. That was a drastic decline in the exchange supply of ETH. Like, we have not seen that since April 2018. And if you weren't here in April 2018, listen to my show the next 20 weeks. According to Glassnode, only 14.85% of the total Ethereum supply is currently held on centralized exchanges compared with 25 to 26% of the supply held in the 2021 bull run. The drop in ETH supply began in September 2022, dropping significantly after the FTX crisis and theft and all that in November. Apart from a decline in the exchange balance, Ethereum wallet addresses holding more than 100 ETH have also declined to a six-month low. Well, this is not good because we're headed into the summer and into July and August, when things usually dry up anyway. And now we're at a low. Keep your eyes peeled. Two significant events could have influenced the decline, it says. Glassnow says, uh, one is the collapse of FTX, prompting many to move their crypto across the walls to self-custody, which is smart, by the way. The second is the Chappella upgrade. The Chappella made way for thousands of validators to withdraw their staked ETH. However, contrary to popular belief, the minority of validators decided to unstake, while the majority only withdrew their staking rewards. So you withdrew the staking rewards, and that's what kind of happened. So 
let me know your thoughts. What's going to be the positive or negative impact of Chappella? You know, we don't talk about Chappella too much, but let's talk about it. What do you think? How's that going to go? So, and then our last global article, okay, uh, that we're going to go, piece of news, information that we're going to go over here is about gaming. Okay. Now, according to Polygon co-founder Sandeep Nalwal, Polygon Matic founder, gaming is the largest scale opportunity for crypto. Okay. He says that. Web3 gaming will eventually become one of the biggest drivers of mass crypto adoption. In a May 25, Ask Me Anything, which was Thursday, in the middle in the in India community on Reddit, Niall Well was asked what he sees as some genuine at scale real life use cases for blockchain other than trading and payments. And payments is going to be last, by the way. It's still last. Everything else took off already. Uh, Niall said, there are some top games launching in the Web3 in the next 6 to 18 months, and it would be very interesting to see if some of them are able to crack the crypto code. Last year itself, there was $2 billion plus in funding for Web3 games. Uh, he's right. There, there is, especially in Asia, uh, this Web3 gaming that's a booming economy. And uh, is that going to continue? It looks like play to earn might be dead. If you listen to some of my inter- my podcasts, some of the play to earn stuff might not be uh, you know going forward. But what if gaming does survive and thrive, as Nawel is saying? How's that going to look? Free to play, massive uh, massive mork, whatever uh, MMORQ. What how's it going to look? And what resiliency and conviction do the entrepreneurs building in gaming need to have to compete with the big giants. And it might be the ability to um, be agile. And it might be something else. But let me know what you think. I'd love to know. So we're going to go to the USA. Now, I don't think we have any Gary Gensler bashing, which is pretty cool. I got tired of that. But the U.S. crypto system could be losing the crypto race to United Arab Emirates, Korea, Australia, and Switzerland, according to an analyst from ARK Invest. The U.S. risks losing its position as a leader in the cryptocurrency race against countries including the UAE, Korea, Australia, and Switzerland, warns uh, analyst Yassin Almandra. Yassin Almandra. Very challenging uh, report here. And she says, regulatory uncertainty around digital assets puts innovation in the U.S. at risk. So what's in store for Meta's platform? What's in store for Amazon's delivery ambitions? She says, uh, once populated by well-established and credible institutions, the crypto ecosystem in the U.S. now faces a void that is likely to put interest among other institutional investors on hold. And we're going to see that. We're going to see that in some of the other stuff that we talk about today. Um, You know, ARK Invest is uh, managed by Kathy Wood, but Amandra acknowledged that crypto liquidity on U.S. soil had diminished considerably. 
noted that Bitcoin trading volume in the U.S. had fallen 75% in the last two months. Yeah. So who's left? The hodlers. The hodlers are here. They're not trading. They know better, right? They know better not to not to get rid of their of their Bitcoin, you know. But what else do we have? The first thing I want to talk about, and we're going to talk about some of these diminishing losses, because I've seen friends lose their businesses. I've seen the other day a tweet by Get Hedge, and said they had to suspend their operations in the U.S. because of unfamiliar, uncooperative banking. But it's going to look different. And I know, I know, my good friend uh, David Schwartz there with Get Hedge, he will be resilient and he will stand back up. And that's what it is, a crisis of conflict. You got a conflict. Companies are shuddering. How are you going to step up? And, you know, I believe I stepped up after Celsius uh, went bankrupt. I did. And I started Crypto Hipster Publications after I lost all my money. And now... We are at the point that, guess what? Celsius is back in the news. Oh, my God. Okay. What does he got to say about that? Fahrenheit wins bid to acquire assets of crypto lender Celsius. The court filings have revealed that cryptocurrency consortium Fahrenheit has emerged as the successful bidder to acquire insolvent crypto lender Celsius Network. The acquisition involves Celsius assets previously valued at approximately $2 billion. The court filings submitted in the early hours of May 25 show that the consortium will obtain Celsius Network's institutional loan portfolio, state cryptocurrencies, mining unit, and other alternative investments. The group must make a $10 million deposit within three days to finalize the agreement. After a lengthy auction process, Fahrenheit, a consortium of buyers comprising venture capital from Arrington Capital and minor U.S. Bitcoin Corp., was chosen as the successful bidder. The Blockchain Recovery Investment Consortium, BRIC, including Vanek, Absolute Return Advisors Corp., and GXD Labs, secured the backup position. Rival bidder NovaWolf, which was initially favored, ultimately lost out. They were stalking horse. Stalking cow, whatever you want to call me, stalking something. As per the agreement, the new company will receive a substantial amount of liquid cryptocurrency estimated to be between $450 million and $500 million. U.S. Bitcoin Corp. will also construct crypto mining facilities, including a state-of-art 100-megawatt plant. All right. That is a piece of good news. It's still up in the air to see what those details are going to be. For creditors and what the return details are going to be for those who had their accounts in earn. Uh, so, you know, my money wasn't earned. So we'll see what we get back. I'm pretty confident it's not going to be 100%, but I'm also confident it's going to be just a little bit more than zero. And if it's a little bit more than zero, still in a game. And being in a game is really a part of the crisis of conflict. You got to be in a game. I mean, the game can't be like a spectator and say, oh, the game's there. You know what? I admire all the participants who did the bidding process. Thank you very much for all your hard work and effort. And uh, hopefully we have a great resolution for all the investors involved. 
and uh, everybody involved. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what happens over the next half year or so. Now, let's talk about shuttering. Digital Currency Group, right? Okay. Let's look at the Digital Currency Group. That's, uh, you know, they're kind of shady, uh, shady to begin with. No, they weren't. It's not these guys. These guys. These guys are top-notch. Digital Currency Group to shutter institutional trading unit, according to Trade Block. Venture capital conglomerate Digital Currency Group is closing its prime brokerage subsidiary Trade Block. Citing the state of the broader economy and uncertain regulatory environment for crypto in the U.S., according to a May 25 report from Bloomberg, Trade Block, led by Brianne Madigan, will officially begin the process of shutting down effective May 31st. That's Barry Silver and his team. Due to the state of the broader economy and prolonged crypto winter, along with the challenging regulatory environment for digital assets in the U.S., we made the decision to sunset the institutional trading platform side of the business. DCG and a portfolio of companies have faced challenges over the prolonged crypto winter. The closure of trade block comes after DCG previously shut down its wealth management division headquarters in January, January 23. Nothing like quitting, man. Uh, in previous coverage, uh, DCG companies were had laid off over 500 employees as a result of the contagion. Uh, they are really hit hard, but institutional side. Now, you might think that the institutions are at a loss, but if you look beyond the veil, certain companies, and we're going to talk about them later, are buying. Okay, And those happen to be not the crypto startups, the crypto natives, but they happen to be existing institutional players in the U.S. corporate world. And so I wonder who has received favoritism. And if it is favoritism, and even if it is favoritism, which it looks like and feels like and smells like, how we can move forward anyway and uh, what to build. So, you know, that's that's uh, that's about, that's what I got to say about that. Like Forrest Gump, that's all I, that's all the guys to say about that. Okay. And so, exhausted all options. Young, unbanked. It unbanked to close after being left hanging by investor. Unbanked is yet another crypto firm to wind down this month, joining BottlePay, Hotbit, Teresa, and most recently, TradeBlock. As we just mentioned, TradeBlock. Crypto fintech firm Unbanked, which provides crypto custody and payment services, has become the latest firm to close shop while citing a harsh regulatory environment for crypto in the U.S., in a May 26 blog post, Unbanked co-founders Ian Kane and Daniel Goodman said that when it first opened, it believed that building the company in the U.S. would be the smart long-term play. Though, that did not turn out to be the case five years later. While other crypto companies grew rapidly offshore by avoiding strict regulation, we believed that engaging with regulators and following their arduous processes would ultimately position Unbanked to come out ahead said the executive team. Yeah, they were wrong, though. No one expected that to be wrong. Um, to say it bluntly, they say, U.S. regulators are trying to stop, actively stop, companies, banks, and fintechs from supporting crypto assets, even when the companies are trying to do it correctly and by the book. That's half, I believe, this is just a crypto hipster here. I believe... That's not the case. 
I believe all along, and I wrote about this a couple of years ago, that the government is trying to hand the crypto industry over to the likes of JP Morgan, Goldman, Visa, MasterCard, the existing institutional and, and hedge funds, the existing institutional players, because they're friends and they belong in the same club together. You know, this is not about a shot against the asset class. This is the theft of the asset class. And then after two more years from now, they're going to open it up and say, oh, okay, crypto is final investing. Go right ahead. Why? Because the industry had already been moved under the umbrella of people who may not necessarily deserve to have it moved under them. Okay. So, you know, but what you're going to do when a cryptomania runs wild on you? All right. So we got to get, we got to, we got to move on. We have to learn how to move on and move forward powerfully. And that's that crisis of conflict moment. All right. So we're going, there's going to be a lot of conflict. We're going to have a lot of conflict this season, I'm telling you. And talking about Visa or MasterCard, here we are. Visa, MasterCard. Visa, Microsoft, and others join the Brazilian CBDC pilot. Uh, both national and global companies will participate in the upcoming pilot project of the Brazilian central bank digital currency. <gasps> That's a shock. Both national and crypto companies will participate in the upcoming Brazilian central bank digital currency pilot project. Banco Central do Brazil, the country's central bank, will begin adding participants to the digital real platform around the middle of June 2023. On May 24. May 2024, which was two days ago, the Central Bank published a final list of CBDC pilot participants. Participants were chosen from a pool of 36 bids made by single companies and consortia, totally more than 100 institutions. The final number of participants is 14. However, some represent groups of companies. For example, the US-based tech giant Microsoft Brazilian bank Banco Inter and the digital technology company 7COMM comprise one of the 14 participants. Among other participants are Visa, Santander, and then several Brazilian banking institutions. Ha. Huh. Got theft much? Are the banks and the traditional players trying to take over crypto through regulatory capture? So that they have it under their umbrella and then enable the ability to invest through them in the future. Let me know your thoughts on that. Have I hit it on the head? Is it nail on the head? Are you paying attention? I hope you are because we cover this kind of thing each and every week on the X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. So we're not even halfway done yet. I told you it's going to be a slobber knocker today. The European Union, we're moving that Europe watchdog warns about the risk of a bank run on stable coins. Okay. Uh, as the crypto industry continues to develop reciprocal connections with traditional finance, the risks posed by a sudden crisis of the former to the global economy are rising. Such is the opinion of the European Systemic Risk Board, which calls for tightening the scrutiny, scrutiny, yeah, scrutiny of the digital asset market. Yesterday, the ERSB 
An oversight body with the European Central Bank published its report on crypto assets and DeFi. The central thesis of the 77-page document is that the volatile crypto industry is growing and its interconnectedness with its mainstream financial market is increasing. While the, st- while the shocks of 2022 in crypto didn't trigger the same amount of damage in TradFi, the current risk monitoring system is insufficient to, tra- to track troubling tendencies in years to come. So we just got to move everything to crypto. That'd be the answer. It's a good answer. Let's do that. Okay. Let me know your thoughts on their 77-page document telling you common sense what you need to know okay let's go on to coinbase bitpanda and coinbase bitpanda has secured a licensing agreement with coinbase as part of their strategic partnership vienna austria based cryptocurrency investment company bitpanda has finalized a licensing agreement with coinbase making Coinbase a liquidity provider for Bitpanda technology solutions. According to the announcement, the collaboration between both entities will enable Coinbase to offer one of the most scalable investing-as-a-service infrastructures to their institutional clients, such as banks and financial institutions outside of the U.S. The strategic partnership will allow Coinbase to provide its institutional clients outside the U.S. with a fully regulated trading infrastructure. Additionally. Bitpanda will integrate Coinbase Exchange into its network of approved approved liquidity providers. How's that going to go? How's that going to be? Smart idea by Coinbase. Let me know your thoughts. Hey, let's go to Norway. Norway could go its own way on crypto asset regulation, a central bank suggests. Well, we got to say here, Norges Bank, the central bank of Norway has released its annual financial infrastructure report. It devoted a considerable part of the report to crypto assets and the question of whether Norway should depend on international regulatory examples to control its market. The EU's uh, markets and crypto assets micro-regulation will come into force in a year or two, and will probably also apply to Norway. However, the Ministry of Finance will assess EEA relevance and implementation in Norway. Norges Bank noted Norway is a member of the of the European Economic Area, but not the EU. So they might have their own separate legislation. Uh, if they do, how's it going to go? Let me know your thoughts on that. Okay, now let's go to Ireland. Crypto firm Gemini picks Ireland as its European base amid U.S. crypto blues. Not the blues of music. We're not talking about Sweet Home Chicago. We're talking about Sweet Home Limerick. Makes no sense. Crypto exchange Gemini has selected Dublin as the headquarters for its EU operations amid a backup backdrop of crypto companies seeking expansion outside of the United States. On May 25, Cameron Tank and Tyler Winklevoss, the Gemini twins, who founded Gemini in 2014, confirmed that they had selected Ireland as a base to grow the company's services across Europe. In a meeting with Ireland's Prime Minister, Leo Varadkar, the twins said that they chose the Emerald Isle because of its robust regulatory system, deep talent pool, and established technology community. Um, 
They said around 10% of Irish adults surveyed held cryptocurrency. However, the figure was down from 12% in 2021 bull market. Furthermore, the Irish central bank chief called for a ban on crypto advertising in January. They must not have read the recent law there passed in Ireland that you can't have any news outside the mainstream media and the mainstream media is being dictated what to say by the Ireland government. But that may just be a rumor. I don't know. I read it somewhere. Uh, I read it, I believe on Bloomberg. Like I said, somewhere. Um, somewhere over the rainbow. And uh, that's them. And then the last country in or to talk about in Europe is France. French lawmakers agreed, agreed to loosen the rules in a proposed crypto influencer bill. This is a country that wanted to punish influencers. So let's see what they, let's see what they want to do now. French lawmakers have agreed to tone down the restrictions on a bill first proposed in March that would have severely restricted locally registered cryptocurrency companies from using influencer marketing. An earlier draft of the bill allowed only licensed crypto companies to engage in influencer marketing. However, while crypto companies are currently required to register with the regulator, none are currently licensed in France, nor are they legally required to do so. On May 25, the French Senate said it reached a unanimous agreement on a bill that aims to regulate promotions by influencers for a wide variety of industries. The revised bill now only requires crypto firms registered within the Financial Markets Authority, the nation's financial regulator, to use influencers for their marketing efforts. Okay. Exact wording is yet to be published, but what do you think should is and should be the role of the influencer in crypto and specifically in France. Remember, we talked about this. We said crisis of conflict. And going back a year and a half ago, China banned Bitcoin. And the whole world was like, yeah, China's out of crypto. China's not in blockchain. China's not doing this. China's not doing that. Well, let's see what's actually going on in China. Okay? Because the Chinese state media media has removed a video on crypto after Binance CEO calls crypto a big deal. Uh, China state affiliated media company CCTV aired a video about crypto on May 24th that garnered a lot of attention on Twitter. Uh, Binance CEO CZ called it a big deal and claimed that historical coverage is like these lead to bull runs. Okay. Uh, just the day after his comment, though, the CCTV network removed the video from its platform. The video program discussed recent developments around crypto compliance in Hong Kong. It also featured a Solana meme coin that turned out to be a pump and dump scheme. So they removed this video talking up crypto. Okay. All right. That's, and the next day, what happens? What happens? The Chinese city releases a policy draft for metaverse industry development. Shocking. On May 24th, the Chinese city of Zhengzhou announced a series of policy proposals to support metaverse companies operating in the region. As part of the initiatives, the municipal government will establish a dedicated fund, fund worth 10 billion yuan to foster growth and development in the industry. That's 1.2, that's $1.5 billion, by the way. Uh, per the government draft, the metaverse companies that chose to relocate their headquarters to Zhengzhou will have the opportunity to receive 
a startup capital investment of up to 200 million yuan. The company it was 28.3 million per company. The companies will also qualify for other benefits. So, a year and a half ago, they banned Bitcoin. They talk down crypto. They say everybody's out. Okay. Secretly, there are new mining machines being sent into Bitcoin into China. They set up um, a blockchain consortium training institution. Now they're investing in the metaverse. And, and, and they've been talking about CBDCs for a year and a half. Is crypto really not in China? Is it really not? No, it most definitely is. So the U.S. is sending people offshore. China's gathering them up. What do you think is going to happen in the short and medium terms? And then in the long term, to countries who do not wish to embrace innovation. What's going to happen? Let me know your thoughts. Like I said, it seems to me like it's a crisis. And how do we address the crisis? How do you see through to what you can't see to where you need to see to be where you need to be? Golly gee. Oh, let's go to Hong Kong. ZA Bank plans digital asset retail trading in Hong Kong under new guidelines. Okay. Hong Kong-based ZA Bank plans to offer retail virtual asset trading in the administrative region. The bank announced its plan on May 24th, one day after Hong Kong Securities Futures Commission said it would start accepting retail virtual asset trading platform license applications. The bank will partner with locally licensed virtual asset exchanges to obtain regulatory approvals according to a statement. Bank customers will be able to trade virtual assets by using fiat currency within the ZA Bank app once those approvals are in place. Virtual asset trading is part of the bank's larger strategy, which will also include trading in the U.S. stocks in the future, the bank said. How's Hong Kong going to fare? Let me know your thoughts. And we are going to go to Japan. Japan. Japan's crypto anti-money laundering measures to start in June. Okay. Lawmakers in Japan have decided to enforce stricter anti-money laundering measures to trace cryptocurrency transactions from June 1st. On May 23rd, the Japanese parliament made the decision to roll out tougher AML procedures from next month according to a report the same day from local media outlet Kyoto News. The move aims to bring Japan's legal framework in line with global crypto regulations. Lawmakers revised the AML legislation in December after it was deemed insufficient by the International Financial Watchdog, the Financial Action Task Force. According to reports, a vital feature of the new measure is the enforcement of the travel rule to keep a more accurate track of criminal proceeds. How do you think the new travel rule is going to go? How do you think Japan is going to be successful? Let me know your thoughts. And we're going to move on to, um, so let's see. Um, let's go to Thailand. Okay. Let's go to Thailand. We have three countries left to cover. And then we're going to be done for today. Binance and Gulf Innova to launch crypto exchange in Thailand in the fourth quarter of 2023. Cryptocurrency exchange Binance continues expanding its global reach by securing new regulatory approvals in Thailand. Gulf Binance, 
a joint crypto venture of Binance and Gulf Energy's innovation arm, Gulf Innova, has received digital asset operator licenses from Thailand's Ministry of Finance. The licenses enable the firm to operate a crypto exchange regulated by the country's Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, the new crypto venture will combine Binance's digital asset expertise with Gulf's deep understanding of the Thai market. The companies have been closely working together for more than a year to explore the opportunity to launch a local digital asset exchange. Things are thriving outside of, uh, guess where? The United States. Things are thriving outside of the U.S. And that's going to be a theme. And we have to make sure that theme doesn't happen and that crypto theft doesn't they handing to institutions who've done nothing to build this space. Don't get handed things. Just because they handed things, okay? South Korea passes bills to make officials disclose Bitcoin holdings, okay? The South Korean government is moving forward with new laws to require officials to report on their holdings of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. South Korea's National Assembly has unanimously passed a bill that obligates lawmakers and high-ranking public officials to report on their crypto assets. The lawmakers approved the new bill during a plenary session on May 25th. And according to the report, the bill involved amendments to the National Assembly Act and the Public Service Ethics Act. The amendments to the National Assembly Act was unanimously passed with the support of 269 votes. Congratulations on passing that bill. How is that going to go in Korea? And again, let me know your thoughts. And then we're going to close here. Okay. I know I'm rushing. I know. It's a long episode. I told you it's going to be slobber knocker. This episode is the slobber knocker. And Pakistan, we're going to end with Pakistan, okay? Pakistan. Pakistan aims to produce 1 million AI-trained IT graduates by 2027. Uh, just days after announcing the cryptocurrencies will never be legalized. They did that, by the way. Pakistan's Ministry of IT and Telecom drafted a policy to spur the growth of artificial intelligence. Instead, with the national AI policy, Pakistan aims to evolve into a knowledge-based economy, by upscaling human capital on AI and ally technologies, in addition to other investments and initiatives. The policy framework showcases Pakistan's willingness to integrate AI for public and national betterment. Uh, the company sent a whole bunch of timelines and, and all this stuff, and they want to they beef up AI. Um, you know, both can be done. Both can be done. This is a message not only to Pakistan, but to the U.S. You can embrace both and have innovative technology, and have an economy that works for everybody. Not just you. Everybody. Every single person. And how do we get there? It's going to be discovering our crisis of conflict within ourselves and within the country and coming together and coming up with a solution. And hey, looking forward to the day that that happens. But this has been a wrap. This has been The X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. Season three, episode one, episode number 41. And I come to you each and every week on Fridays. Um, have a wonderful week. See you next week.